What does Wonder of the Mekong is working on? So the Wonders of the Mekong project is focused on uh, water and biodiversity, and it's it's focused on the the many values of a healthy, connected Mekong River, especially in terms of fisheries, uh, biodiversity, cultural values. Uh, trying to uh, raise people's awareness about the importance of the Mekong. One of, one of the things I found since we started this project is that, uh, you know, even though the Mekong is arguably the most important river on Earth, I mean, it's a very, very special, very important river, and very important to people living in this region. If you ask people, you know, around Phnom Penh, uh, or people who aren't living right on the river, uh, most people don't know that much about the Mekong. So that one, the project has three components. There's a research component to try to learn more about uh, fisheries and biodiversity of the Mekong. There's a capacity building component. So that's trying to uh, train uh, people in skills that will allow them to better protect the Mekong. And then there's an outreach and communication component. And that is about raising awareness uh, of the value of the Mekong River. So those, those, those three components. What is the reason that you initiated this project? Yeah, so just to give you some background. So the Mekong River, it's the most productive river on Earth. So more fish are harvested from the Mekong than any river anywhere in the world. So more than the Amazon, more than the Yangtze in China, more than the Nile, more than the Mississippi. So it's not the biggest river in the world, but it's the most productive. And uh, almost a thousand different species of fish live in the Mekong. So it's very diverse. Uh, many of the world's largest fish species, like the Mekong giant catfish, the giant barb, the giant freshwater stingray, they live in the Mekong. Uh, and there's also a long tradition of people here using the Mekong. So you think of Greater Angkor and Angkor Wat. And that civilization that was on the banks of the Tonle Sap that were getting all of the resources from the lake in order to, I mean, it was a very big civilization, I think like half a million people, and they relied on the bounty of, of the Tonle Sap. So there's a long history there. And if you look on the walls of Angkor, you can see the fish, big fish carved on the walls of Angkor. So the Mekong is very important for all of those reasons. Uh, it's also under threat. I mean, the last 10 years or so, I mean, right now is a very critical period for the Mekong. Uh, the fisheries are really in danger of, of collapsing. We're in danger of losing a lot of the biodiversity, uh, and people are in danger of losing their livelihoods, uh, those people who depend on the Mekong for their livelihoods. So I think in the next 10 or 20 years, depending on the choices that are made the next 10 or 20 years, it's really going to impact the health of the Mekong and how uh, you know, the biodiversity of the Mekong and how many people the river can support. Okay, so what is the current status of this giant monster in the freshwater in the Mekong River? So the status of the giant fish, almost all of them are, are on the edge of extinction. They're what, what, they're what officially is called critically endangered. So critically endangered means that they, that's a very poor situation. So the populations have declined in very significantly, and now there are only a few. And, well, initially it was because of uh, over-harvest, because the, big, the biggest fish are, are worth more money. They're very susceptible. Sometimes they can be easier to catch. They migrate long distances. They need more habitat. So they're more vulnerable to many different threats. Habitat degradation, overfishing, pollution, 
Now, they're, they're critically endangered because of, of those issues in the past, but they're not extinct. They're still, I mean, it's pretty amazing. You have s- such a high level of fishing going on in Cambodia for a thousand years, and these big fish are still in the river. But now, the last 20 years or so, the populations have really declined. And with dams, the worry is that finally that'll be kind of the last step to actually drive these fish to extinction. A lot of times dams have bigger impact than fishing does. So what are the causes that make them become more critically in danger? So in the past, uh, there was a lot of um, overfishing and pollution. Recently, the biggest threat is hydropower development. Dams that are being built along the Mekong, and if the dams are built in the wrong place, they block the fish migration, and the fish can't reproduce, and then the fish populations crash. And there are more and more dams now being planned, and so if all of those dams go forward, and there isn't a strategy in terms of where the dams are placed to try to maximize benefit and minimize cost, the cost, the environmental cost could be very, very high. So why should we care about them? Yeah, so I mean, there's, for me, I have two answers. The first is the most obvious, is that fish are incredibly important to people in Cambodia. Like, Cambodians eat more fish than almost any people from anywhere in the world. I mean, you go anywhere you look, there's people eating barbecue fish, fish soup, prahok. Fish, fish are so important here. And there's maybe 800,000 tons um, of fish harvested from Cambodia. It's an incredible amount of food and protein that people get from fish in Cambodia. Um, and people, that so not only food, but it's also a lot of work. It's work for a lot of people, so it's a way they make, make money. If they're fishermen, they sell fish, they eat fish, but they also sell them, so it's their, it's their livelihood. And then on top of that, you have uh, a tradition in Cambodia, and, and I wonder if, if I mean, I wonder if you feel this way, but, like, it's part of what Cambodia is. I mean, the river, the, the Mekong River, the Tonle Sap Lake, the rice fields, all of the fish, like, that's kind of what... I mean, it's not the only thing that Cambodia is, but it's part It's part of, of Cambodia. And so, for example, the fish in that story, in the National Geographic story, the giant barb, that's the national fish of Cambodia, and there's a chance it would go extinct. So what does that mean if you have this fish that's carved on the wall of of Angkor Wat, that's the national fish of Cambodia, and all of a sudden it's gone. So it's almost like losing part of part of Cambodia to me. I mean, I, I think some Cambodians, I've had, I've had fishermen tell me that before. There was a fisherman that caught two giant barb in, uh, in the Tonle Sap Lake last year, and they're worth a lot of money. They're worth like $10,000. And he released the fish, and I went and talked with him, and he said, well, he said, one, that big fish are special, they're like sacred. Two, he said it's really bad luck if you kill a big fish. And three, he said that it's like a point of pride for him. Um, it's elite, also it's illegal. He's, he mentioned, he didn't really actually mention that. Um, but he said it's a, it's a point of pride for him, these big fish, it's important that they're there. From a scientific perspective, this is a little bit maybe more detail than you need, but it's the biggest fish of a species that contribute most to uh, producing more young. So if you leave the very biggest fish in the population, those very biggest fish um, can produce a lot of, of babies, a lot of young fish every year. Whereas if you get rid of all those big fish, it's very difficult for the population to, to maintain itself. And one last question. 
What can we, as an urban people, can help to contribute? There are a lot of things people in Phnom Penh can do. I, in some ways, I think people living in the city have a bigger role to play. People who are living along the river, they understand the importance of the river. They understand the changes that are happening. Uh, but I think it's really the people in Phnom Penh that have a bigger role to play by educating themselves about the Mekong and um, doing doing whatever they can to, to keep the river healthy. So not contributing to pollution, not contributing to habitat de degradation, making sure that um, like electricity use and the way that dams are being built is is sustainable. I really think the first step is is just um, people being more aware of of the issues and of the Mekong. Thank you, Dr. Zeb Hogan, research biologist and principal investigator of the Wanda of the Mekong project, which is funded by USAID.